0: Would you just remain standing for just a moment, please? I want to read some scripture to you. I know you want to sit down, but I love it when we stand to read the Word of God. I kind of old school. Um, I'm not old, but I'm old school and I grew up in church and you stand for the Word of God. I don't think you have to, but I just like it and we just stand to honor the Word of God. and um, plus you're going to be sitting for a couple of hours, so it's a good idea. <laughs> good idea. I haven't even started preaching yet. Oh man, you're in trouble. <laughs> Oh, God help me. Okay, um, we're in a series called Pray Like This. We're talking about the Lord's Prayer. Did Pastor Eric do a great job last week? Was that not awesome? Such a good job. It, it was such an amazing worship experience. That's the only way I know how to describe what he did. He sang, and, and he preached, and then he sang, and it was so beautiful, and Ellie singing with him. It was just it was a beautiful experience. Pastor Eric, you're so gifted. It's just It just frustrates me, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm like, how does he, how can, you shouldn't be given both those gifts. That's just not fair. Um, and, but he is incredibly gifted. We're very gifted to have him as a leader in our church. And I always love hearing him preach because when you hear Pastor Eric preach, you get Pastor Eric. You get Eric Hawkinson. You get his heart. You hear from deep embedded in his soul. And I love that. And he talked about the first part of the Lord's Prayer. So this series is about the Lord's Prayer. And this is, I've said this to you before, but if you're new, last year in 2020, I uh, began praying the Lord's Prayer. I read a book by a guy named Daniel Henderson, and I've always heard the Lord's Prayer. I've always, you know, said the Lord's Prayer, but it's always been kind of a distant thing, to be honest, and uh, not something really Protestants. We practice a lot. Uh, We always think of that as kind of a Catholic thing. Um, That's not really what we do, or it's an Eastern Orthodox thing, um, but we don't do that. But I was really challenged with that prayer, and I began to look at that prayer, and I prayed it all of 2020, uh, every day. It's become a regular part of my prayer life at corechurch.com. You can, on our prayer page, you can get all the info on that. In fact, it's on our fasting page. You can you can see an outline. It's just one I put together, and if it helps you, I hope it helps you, just kind of how to pray the Lord's Prayer. I just want to warn you that you can't do it in five minutes. You, you can't do it in five minutes. So, uh, But I said this before, five-minute faith won't get it done. Okay, so five-minute faith ain't going to get it done. Turn to somebody and tell them five-minute faith ain't going to get it done. It's not going to get it done, okay? You, you, we, we know that. you got to press into the things of God. So um, last year I, I started praying that, and my relationship with Jesus went to a level that I never knew could exist. And I've been following him for 36 years. And, and it went to a level of, of understanding of his love and his grace and his mercy and his compassion and his closeness and his presence and his power. All this stuff just began awakening within me. And, and it just got in me. And I said, okay, I, I got to preach this. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to preach this for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer and the, and the importance of this prayer and how to have a healthy, vibrant, relational prayer life with the Father. So last week we talked about our Father Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Pastor Eric talked about the love of the Father, and he's a holy God. This week we're going to talk about thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Okay? In fact, we'll put the Lord's Prayer, let's just say this prayer together. There's a lot of different ways, a lot of different translations, um, and this is one of the most common ones, but we're putting it on the screen because whenever you pray the Lord's Prayer, you ever notice whenever you pray it in the company of others, some people say sins, some people say debt, some people say trespasses. We're all over the road. Some people say hallowed, some people say holy. I mean, you, so there's all different ways of praying this prayer. So let's pray it this way together. God, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen all right I'll let you be seated you can be seated i'm going to read some scripture to you and i am just going to let you get off your feet i know that i said earlier that uh i'd like you to stand but you've been standing a long time so thank you so much for that let's go to uh matthew's gospel matthew if you're new to church matthew was one of the disciples of jesus and so he wrote the accounts of jesus life if you're new to the scriptures want to kind of help you with that a little bit but in matthew chapter 20 we come across the story jesus is on his way to jerusalem on his way to the cross the disciples don't know that He's gathered with his disciples. Um, if you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to download version. It's a, a great app, Bible app that you can use. I, I read out of the New Living Translation. There's nothing um, unique about it. It's not like you have to read out of that. I think you should pick the translation that is easiest for you to understand. And so some of you use completely different versions of that, totally understand. This is just the one I use. I think it's the easiest for me, at least in my elementary education to understand the word of God so if you have it Matthew chapter 20 and we're going to go to verse uh, 20 is where we're going to read it says then the mother of James then uh, the mother of James and John the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons and she knelt respectfully to ask a favor what's your request he asked She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. Now let me stop there because this is really important to understand the context of what's happening here. If you don't know this, um, she and the disciples obviously believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Uh, But she is coming from a Jewish standpoint. The Jews believed and understood that they'd been taught their whole lives and for centuries that when the Messiah comes, he's going to set up an earthly reign. And so that's what she's asking here. She's not asking the way in which we think about a throne in heaven. She's asking for some power here on earth. She thinks he's coming to set up an earthly kingdom. But Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking because she doesn't. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? We know what that is. That's the cross. They don't know this. They have no idea the cross is coming. And so uh, James and John are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we can do that. Yeah, sure, we're, we're able. You bet. Absolutely. No. They have no idea. Jesus said, well, you're going to indeed drink from my bitter cup. Truth is, the disciples would all be martyred. James would uh, be killed. John was the only one who wasn't. Uh, John, we believe, though, was boiled alive in oil. They were They were brutally beaten, and all for the cause of Christ. And he said, "This, you're going to do that. Which, by the way, I'm going to preach this. Um, if you follow Jesus, that's what you're signing up for. So if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, I want you to know that you're signing up for the bitter cup. You're signing up for the bitter cup. But I, I, Jesus says, I have no right to say who's going to sit on my right or my left. My father's prepared those places for the ones he's chosen. So the other ten hear about this, they're indignant. They're ticked off. They're, man, they're like, wait a second, because they too think it's an earthly kingdom. And they're like, hang on a second. We want cabinet positions as well. Uh, what's going on here? And Jesus says, okay, come here. You know that the rulers of this world lorded over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it must be different. Whoever wants to be my leader... Among you must be a servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Father, we just pray. We don't have a lot of time here, God, but we just pray that you will help us in the moments that we have to hear from you, that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said well, we just came through the Christmas season, and I'm sure you got some great Christmas gifts. Um, I, in fact, why don't you, just for a moment, I want you to turn to somebody that you're with. Think about what's one of the gifts you got, and uh, did, were, you, were you surprised, uh, or was it something you wanted, or was it awkward or weird? Well, what kind of gift did you get? Turn to somebody next to you. Just take a moment. Just share that, Okay. So I got, got some gifts, and I know you've been looking at this, and you're like, what is this? You've been staring at it for the last 20 minutes going, what is this right here? I got some some great gifts for Christmas. Um, one of them, let's see, what, what did I get? Was this, I'll just show you this right here. This is something I have been wanting for years. It's Randy Stonehill's first album called Welcome to Paradise, 1976. I mean, look, this is a vintage used LP. I love, look at the shirt this guy has on, a Jesus shirt. He, this is, if you're like, who's Randy Stonehill? Who's Randy Stonehill? What's wrong with you people? He's one of the godfathers of Christian rock. We owe the electric guitar to guys like this, okay? Uh, and he has one of my all-time favorite songs on here called Lung Cancer. Uh, it's, a, it's a great song. You can't find it. I know some of you are like, wait, What? You can't find it on Spotify. You'll have to YouTube that later. Randy Stonehill, Lung Cancer. Um, I got some, oh yeah, I got some Old Spice uh, Swagger. Here you go, you're welcome, enjoy that. That'll, that'll keep you away, Curtis. Uh, you're gonna regret that you sat on the front row. You're gonna be smelling that soon, I'm telling you. And suddenly i would be like, man, you got some swag. That swag will help that Kansas City hat that you're wearing there. That needs some serious help, my friend. Um, okay, so uh, I got, oh, this is my one of my favorite gifts. I got a wallet, okay? Um, but I was laughing because this came from my nephew, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he re this to me. <laughs> I knew it because a couple years ago, I saw somebody give it to him, and I recognized the container and everything. And I'm like, busted. regift, Have we, how many, come on, show of hands, how many of you re-gifted this year? My hand is up. I did some re Wow, only a few of you? You got people getting on the re-gifting train. Come on. That's what we got to do. And then, but this is my favorite gift. This was the one I was waiting for, Jerry Seinfeld's new book called Is This Anything. I When I heard this book was coming out, I was like, I got to get my hands on this book. I'm excited about this book. I cannot wait to get this book because I'm a huge Jerry Seinfeld fan because I thought, man, I can learn from this guy because I, I, my understanding was it was going to talk about his life and it was going to share you know tips and tricks and ways in which he writes his, his material. And I thought, man, I can really learn. I'm super excited. And then I got it. And I opened it. I was so disappointed because all it is is all of his material. He just took all of his jokes, all of his material that he's written down over the years, and he put it in the form of a book. So it's all of his jokes. So if you like joke books, that's what this is. It's just a giant, really thick notebook. But that was not what I was wanting. I was so, so disappointed. Now, I I don't know if that has ever happened to you, where you got a Christmas gift or a gift, and you were excited about it, and then it didn't live up to expectation. Have you ever ever purchased something or got something and 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 you were excited about it or maybe maybe the the newness wore off of it? I mean, we've all had that. I mean, it could be maybe you got you got a promotion. You're waiting on the promotion. You got that promotion and then eh, you get you're waiting on that job. You got that job or you were looking for that apartment and I, I, once I move into that dorm room I and mean, once I get that class, once I get that job, that thing, once I get that thing, man, everything's going to be great. But What's interesting is after a while, it either the newness wears off or it just did not live up to your expectation. And that's why Jesus here in the Lord's Prayer says, this is why you need to pray this way. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in what? Heaven. In other words, Jesus is saying, you need to be yearning for the things of Heaven, But truthfully, so often in my life, I mean, my prayers and my focus transparently are on earthly things and the things that I need to get done and I need God to do and my focus isn't always on heaven like I desire it to, to be. And, and Jesus says that he wants us to turn our attention from the things of this earth to the places of heaven. And then he tells us a little later in the chapter, if you go to verse 20, you, you'll see that he says, the reason you want to do that is simply because the treasures of earth, they don't last. That's not, wow, there's a news flash. I didn't know that. We all know that. We all know the things of this earth don't last, but we still go after them. I mean, I do it, you do it. We all, come on, turn to somebody and say, you know you do that. You know that you do. I mean, we all—they don't last. I mean, come on, turn to somebody. If you came with somebody, if you're married to somebody, or they're that special somebody, turn to them and say, "I'm your treasure, aren't I?" Come on, turn to them, tell them, "I'm your treasure." Now turn back to them and say, "I'm not going to last." This is your opportunity to break up. If you—if uh, you're not married, this is your opportunity right now. Break up right in church. No, don't do that. That's bad. I don't want that to happen. I don't want to hear about that kind of story. But he says, they don't like, the promotion, he says, ma's come in and destroy it, okay? The outfit, okay, goes out of fashion, okay? I mean, it's not going to be there for you. I mean, he says that thieves come in and steal. What happens? You go after that promotion, somebody comes in underneath you and takes that promotion. You're hoping to get that job. You apply for that job. You dress up real nice. You go to the interview, and somebody else comes in underneath, and they get that, that job from underneath you or You lose that job that you desired. It's it's the new car smell. The new car smell always wears off, doesn't it? It always wears off. So Jesus tells us, man, the way I want you to pray is about heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. So this is something I think we all struggle with. All of us struggle with this. Turn to somebody and tell them, I know you struggle. I know you struggle. We all struggle. And even, this is good news, people, The disciples who followed Jesus, they struggled with this. I mean, look at James and John and their mom. Look back at verse 20. It says, the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. I'm just thinking, Zebedee here, he's like, why would you put my name in that story? Man, I was so embarrassed. She came home that night. She told me what she did. I'm like, you did what? What did you do? You went on behalf of my boys? Man, you just stripped over their manhood. Way to go. Oh, wow. I can't believe you did that. And she knelt respectfully, to say this with me, to what? To ask Jesus. A favor. Like, listen, think about this. When somebody asks a favor, what they're doing is they're asking you to do a chore. They're asking you to run an errand. Am I, am I right? I mean, nobody's coming to you and, and says to you, "This, you know, hey, so um, I got my stimulus money, and I really don't need it. Could you do me a favor? Could you spend my six hundred dollars?" Nobody's doing that. Nobody's like, hey, I got a big screen TV for Christmas, and honestly, it's just too big, too big for my room. Would you do me a favor? Would you take that? Nobody's saying that. Uh, Stan Sobolewski over here, the guy who plays the keyboard. Stan, he's not coming up to anybody and saying, hey, could you do me a favor? I'm just really tired of driving my Mustang. Would you drive it for a week? (laughs) He ain't going to do that. If you don't know Stan, when you came in on the back 40, you'll see his Mustang parked out there, and I'm sure he would love for you to do him a favor. But, but listen, this is the thing about favor always favors the person asking. Favor always favors the person who's asking. And, and what happens is prayers can easily become favor-flavored. Now, that's great if you're a rapper from the 90s. But it does not work. Some of y'all are going to get that later. It does not work. It does not work in your prayers. Favor-flavored fa- favor prayers are really, they're about me. They're about my desires, they're about what I want, they're about what what I need. But God says this in the book of Isaiah, in the Old Testament, through the prophet Isaiah, God says this, my ways are far beyond, say this with me, what? Anything you could imagine. God wants to do things in you and through you and and use you in ways that you could never, ever imagine, but instead we're praying these favor-flavored prayers about me and what I want and what I desire, and we're limiting what God can do. We're saying, God, God, I need you to do this for me. God, would you do this for me? We come to God with our plan, we already have the plan. God doesn't even need to, need to give us a plan. I got the plan. I just need you to bless it. And God says, no, don't, uh, not, that's not how it's supposed to work with me. Come to me. Don't just be thinking about yourself because, listen, you're limiting what I can do. Favor flavored prayers. Limit what God can do in your life. And this is why Jesus said, pray like this. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Don't just think about your needs. When you first come to me, I want you to think about me and all the ways in which I want to use you. Write this down. Submission, because we're talking about submission and surrender today. Submission and surrender. Submission exchanges my mission for his mission. Submission, submitting my life to God, exchanges my mission for his mission. In this story, the, the mother of James and John, she, she wasn't about Jesus' mission. When she was asking Jesus this favor, it had nothing to do with Jesus. It was about her. It was, a, it was about advancing her mission. Look what she says in verse 21. She says, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you one on your right and the other on your left I I coach a boys basketball and I've been doing that for a long long time and I'm back at it again we just got going again I'm uh, Pastor Eric and I are coaching together coaching his son Zeke in the 9 and 10 year old league by the way we are undefeated come on somebody in the house undefeated we haven't played a game yet but but we are we are undefeated i've been coaching for a long time and the one thing uh coaches just fear and just like that just is when a parent comes and it's so parents if you have kids in sports uh just i'll speak on behalf of all coaches when you come to them and you say hey coach you got a minute every coach just goes oh man i know what this is they pull you aside and they hey coach i just want to talk to you about my kids playing time You know, they really need beginning. When the parent pulls you aside and says, You got a minute, okay? No parent in 20 years, I want to take this back, maybe one or two parents in 20 plus years of coaching, but I can tell you, no, no, I've had two parents who've come, back up here. I've had two parents, one or two parents who've come to me before and said, Hey, coach, I want to talk to you about playing time. But in, in all of my years of coaching, and I think in all of the years of all coaching in the history of the world, no coach has ever had a parent come to him and go, hey, coach, you got a minute? Oh yeah. Hey, so I want to talk to you about my kid's playing time. Uh, I think they're playing too much. And I really think that other kid right there really deserves some more playing time. I think maybe you need to let them play some more. Nobody's ever done that. And, and unfortunately, when she's coming to Jesus, this is where her heart is at. And I think it's so easy to fall into these favor-flavored prayers to, for them to just really become about my kingdom. My kingdom come, my will be be done. And, and it's difficult. No one wants to pray favor-flavored prayers. Nobody wants to do that. I don't want to be that way. That's that just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. And but but we're honest, we do. And so how do you recognize? I think the key, here's what I want you to know today. You will Pray favor-flavored prayers. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, you will pray that way. You will pray that way. So this isn't about going, I'm going to stop praying that way. No, you're, it's gonna happen to you. The key is, is to recognize. Recognize when you're praying that way. And I think we get some keys here in, in the story with, with the mom here because her request, when you look at her request, write this, write this word down, prosperity. Her request was really about prosperity. Think about this. Her her sons were fishermen. James and John, just blue-collar workers, and this was an opportunity. This is an opportunity. Remember, this is about, she thinks it's an earthly kingdom. This is an opportunity from great, great advancement you you want to talk about like white collar this is like bleached out collar living i mean this is amazing like that you want to talk about a 401k you know we're going to have the lake house by the sea of galilee i mean this is going to be pristine that's what she's thinking here in this moment and so often we come to god and we come to him that way god god could just do me a favor And if you could just if you could just if i could just get that promotion You just help me to get into that school. If you could just help me to get get that house, God, this one, if you could help me to get into that apartment, that dorm room. God, if you could help me get that advancement, get get that raise, just a little bit more in my checking account. God, if you could just, if you could just get them to government to give me just a little bit more stimulus. God, if you could just do me a favor. Now, those aren't bad. Because I know when I say that's confusing, those aren't bad things. But the question I think we all have to ask ourselves is this: what's my motive. When I'm praying, what's my motive? Come on, turn to somebody and say, what's your motive? What's my motive? Because sometimes, and many times, it's a true and genuine need that you have. We're going to talk about that next week. Does God care about your needs? Absolutely. We're going to hit on that big time next week. But many times we are praying, instead of thy kingdom come, thy will be done, I'm praying for my kingdom to come and my will to be done. Write this down. Submission exchanges earthly prosperity for heaven's prosperity. Submission exchanges earthly prosperity for heaven's prosperity. Disciples, they never achieved wealth. In fact, they lost everything. I was just reading this morning in the book of Hebrews. They lost homes, they lost their way of living. They they lost everything for the cause of Christ. But, man, come on, somebody great was their reward. The impact that these people had for the cause of Christ. Like when we read the scriptures about the disciples, we're not reading about the homes they lived in. We're not reading about their 401K. We're not inspired by what they were wearing. None of that's there. What we're inspired by is these were men and women who laid it all on the line and had a major impact in their lives for the kingdom of God, and that's what we all desire. And in order for that to happen, we've got to get our mind off of earthly prosperity and get our minds onto heavenly prosperity. What is heavenly prosperity? This has been so manipulated in the church, okay? Manipulated. God is not promising you a healthy 401K, If you're following Jesus because he's going to get you a new house or a new car, then you're jacked up. You're not following Jesus. You are following the evil one. Oh, now I am preaching. You're like, what? There's nothing wrong with having nice things. I like having nice things. But that's not why I follow Jesus, because heavenly prosperity, heavenly prosperity, man, that's a whole nother thing. I mean, that's this unending mercy, abundant grace, unconditional love, blessings, forgiveness, power, friendship with Almighty God. That is what you can have, and you can have it abundantly and unending. It never runs out. Grace never runs out. Mercy never runs out. The kindness of God never runs out. His love for you, I don't care what you did or who you did it with last night or where you were uh, and what you were doing, it does not matter. His love just keeps coming at you. This is who he is. This is what he offers for you and for I. Man, this is this is just so abundant and so free. So when I exchange my mission for His mission, man, heaven is my reward. The things of heaven, like I don't need a 401k. I, I when I was on my prayer retreat, I was I was setting some goals, and I was like, you know, I wanna I wanna put some money away for. Um, for retirement, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good goal. And I was like, because there's what I'm wanting to do, God. But at the same time, God was challenging me to live exponentially generous in my life. And I'm like, well, how do I put more money here if you want me to do this? And God said, do you trust heaven or do you trust earth? And I'm not saying don't put money in a 401K. Don't walk out of here and don't say, well, Pastor Brad said don't stay for a rainy day. Okay, that's just ignorance. Okay, that's just ignorance. you got to be smart. But what it spoke to me was God said, "Do you, Brad, Brad, think about what I have for you. Think about what I just, what do you want? Do you just want to know my love today? Do you want to feel my love? I was on my prayer retreat and I was just digging the scriptures and digging through things and I was like, God, where are we headed as a church? What is it you want us to do? What do you want me to do? What does ministry look like? How should we be ministering in our community? What should we be doing in our world? God, we got Ethiopia, we got Guatemala, we got things here locally. We got all these things we're trying to do. We're trying to reach people and we want to develop leaders. All these. What do you want to do? And, and you know what I heard God say to me in the middle of my prayer retreat and part of my prayer retreat, He said, I just I don't remember what day it was. He said, you know, Brad, all I want to do right now is just be with you. Is that okay? Well, how long? What do you mean, how long? Well, because I got things to do, God. I mean, I got to get to work, and I got to do this, and I got to this. So I can give you like three minutes this morning, God, and um, I'm going to get in my version app, and I'm going to run through the little story of the day, and I'm going to get that checked off the list, and I'm going. I'm good. Okay you you have unlimited grace unlimited mercy unlimited blessing unlimited power and and, and we're like we just want to it's just crazy the way we live it's just it's, it doesn't make sense it's just so backwards And God says Brad would you just slow down would you just be with me and, I, and as I, I sat on the front porch of this cabin and no music no nothing just me and and Otis my great Dane and we just were sitting there and I was just thinking about His, his, his love. Um, so I didn't share this in online, but I'll just share this with you. Is I've always struggled with God's love personally. Everybody's got a crutch and then something they struggle with. I've always struggled with that. Um, I know God loves me, but I, I, I realized I had never felt God's love. There's a big difference between knowing your love and feeling loved. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like some of you know, I know my parents love me, but you didn't feel, you didn't feel that love. And last year, when I was working through the Lord's prayer, was one of the things. And when I was sitting on that porch, it was just so beautiful for me to sit on that on that porch and <sighs> and not be so stinking busy. And just feel His love, like He's just with me, and He's like, Brad, I. If you come out of this with nothing, if you come, if you don't come out of this, because this is me, I've got to have a plan, God, I've got to have something. I gotta, I need you to speak, and I'm, I'm ready to do something for you. He said, Brad, you don't have to do anything. I, I, just, I'm gonna love you. You don't, you don't have to make any kind of. I'm just, I just wanna love you. So what is it you need from Him? Do you need grace? Do you need mercy? It's, it's, it's there. Take as, take as much as you want. That's good news. Come on, somebody. That is good news. Take as much as you want. Turn to somebody and tell them. Take as much as you want. From God, not me. From God, not me. Her request was not only about prosperity, but it was also about protection. Write down the word protection. Uh, this is, you got to remember the context what's happening here they're under Roman oppression. So because of what was happening in this time period, if you were to defy or oppose the kingdom, <laughs> they're going to make you pay. And most of us have read about the, the Romans and how brutally wicked and, and just the horrific things they, things they did against humanity. I mean, if you went against them, they would beat you. They would imprison you. They would put you on a cross. Like it wasn't just Jesus that got put on a cross. I mean, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And in this moment, she's like, wait a minute. If my sons are in power, then we are going to have protection. Everything's going to be okay. Write this down. Submission submission is exchanging earthly security for heaven's security. Submission to God, surrender and submitting my life to God is exchanging earthly security for heaven's security. What are you afraid of? Everybody's got something they're, they're afraid of. Think about the one thing that you're afraid of in this life, okay? I mean, you're just like, man, that's, ugh. I said, yeah, I can't do that. That just, that just drives me nuts. Turn to somebody next to you just real quick. Tell them, what are you afraid of? Okay? Let them know. What is it? Admit that right now. This is what I'm afraid of. So for me, I didn't think I was afraid of heights, but I have a certain fear of heights, and I didn't realize that. About ten years ago, some buddies and uh, we get together once a year, and we go hang out at Grand Lake. And we went to Dripping Springs at Grand Lake. Some of you know Dripping Springs. How many know Dripping Springs at Grand Lake? Okay, some of you, some of you don't. It's basically they have these cliffs. They're like forty-five hundred feet high. They're huge. They're massive. Um, and so we were gonna go jump off the cliffs. And so we're taking a boat over to the to Dripping Springs. Like, yeah, we're gonna jump off the cliffs. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna do this. Yeah, whole uh, brotherhood. That's right. We got this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get over there and I, I and we get off the boat and I start climbing up the rocks and I start getting up a little bit higher and a little bit higher and I'm like, okay, I can't do this. And I and I just couldn't do it. And I went down lower and I jumped off like a little six foot thing. This is one of my life's great regrets. Every year we go back and I think, this is the year. This is the year I'm going to do it. I mean, we, we, have, we all have things that we are fearful of. And this is the thing you have to understand if you follow Jesus, guess what? You better be afraid because it involves risk. You're going to be afraid, very, very afraid. That's why over and over in Scripture, God says, don't be afraid, because he knows you're going to be afraid. You're a human. It's, it's, it's about taking risk. When you follow Jesus, you're signing up for risk. It's going to cost you something. There's going to be a leap of fear. Not, not a leap of faith. There's going to be a leap of fear. You're going to have to do something afraid. You're going to look at it and you're going to go, God, you want me to do what? You want me to give what? You want me to serve what? You want me to go where? Ah, 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 you're going to be freaking out. I don't have the money, I don't have the resources, I don't have time, I don't have the ability, I don't have the talent, I don't, I don't know what, I ah. You're going to have to take a leap of fear. This is what the disciples had to do. They did not pray safe prayers. Never. Did the early church pray safe prayers? God, would you protect us? Would you watch over us? Would you protect us? Would you help us, God? We pray that you would just keep us safe from all harm. Now, is there anything wrong with praying that prayer? No, there's nothing wrong with praying that prayer. That's in Scripture to pray that kind of thing over you. But they were bold people. In fact, one story talks about uh, talks about uh, John and Peter. So John here is asking here with his mama, and Peter, who is the leader of the disciples, later after Jesus' ascension to heaven, death, resurrection, ascension, Holy Spirit has come. They've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. These guys are on fire, on point for, for Jesus. They're out sharing the gospel. They get arrested for it. Angel comes, miraculously sets them free. They go back to the house where the believers are all praying. They gather around. They share the story and all this. And how do you think they prayed? I'm telling you, I know how we would pray. This is how we would pray in a prayer meeting. God, we thank you that you protected them. That's the number 1 thing we're going to pray. And then we're going to pray this. God, would you protect all of us? Would you keep all of us, God, from prison? Would you keep us from arrest? Would you keep us, God, from losing our lives? Would you keep us from from uh, That's what we would pray. <laughs> Their prayer, make us bold. That's what they prayed make God make us bold. Come on you need somebody you need to write that down that needs to be your declaration statement for 2021. make me bold because God has got something he wants you to do. There's a dream that he's put in you. there's something he's asking you to step out and do and it seems crazy. it seems overwhelming. you don't have the resources. you don't have the time. people are coming against you and God and you just need to say God, you need to make me bold. Come on, let's just turn to somebody and say, make me bold. Make me bold. Come on, make me bold. Because it cost them everything. I mean, all the disciples, martyred, killed. They were dragged through the streets. They were beheaded. Peter hung upside down on a cross. We love telling the story about prison. <laughs> we don't want to talk much about when uh, they, they they were martyred and James and and. You know, James, the reason James wasn't with John is he got killed, but we don't want to talk about that. We don't need to talk about that, that part of it. But what happened? They changed the world. They changed the world. Man, it's it's not about how you die, it's how you live, isn't it? Man, who cares how you die? We're all going to die. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, you're going to die. I'm going to die. You're going to die. I mean, we're going to die. Don't know when that's going to be, but how, how are you living how are you living? What are they going to say about you when you depart this planet? What are they saying about, what are people saying about you right now? Are they like, man, that is a risk taker. Man, that person living crazy for Jesus. Man, that person, they're giving up everything for the cause of Christ. Man, watching what they do and, and where they go and who they're, they're serving, it's, it's going to cost you. And safe prayers of comfort and security are not what God wants you to pray because safe prayers never change the world. Our safe prayers are not going to change the world. And when I exchange my mission for his mission, my security, I know, lies in heaven. Because that's what the disciples understood. There's something bigger happening here, something bigger coming. And I can guarantee you those, those men and those women who lost their lives, who were martyred, who never had anything, they're looking down from heaven and they're saying, I am glad I live that way. I am glad I live that way. So her, her prayer was really about prosperity. It was about protection. And the last thing I want you to hear is this. Her request was about power. Write down the word power. Again, they're, they're under Roman rule, and and uh, and basically because they're under Roman rule, the Romans get to decide like this is where you're gonna go, this is where you're gonna live, this is what you're gonna do, this is how you're gonna act, and if you don't, we're gonna take care of you. Okay, and what she's realizing in this moment is, oh my goodness, if my sons are put in power, we're gonna flip it. Okay? How many of you seen the movie Nacho Libre? Nacho Libre, okay? Some of you. Yeah. Great movie, great Christmas movie. Um, it's not a Christmas movie, but I, 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 it's a great movie. In, in that movie, there's this scene where Nacho is in a submission hold to a, another wrestler, okay? I, I think many times in life, do you not feel that way? Don't you feel many times like your boss has got you in a submission hold? That job has got you in a, it's just owning you. It's just You can't move. Your kids have got you in a submission hold. Your parents have got you in a submission hold. Your finances, you're like, finances right there. That gold, that, that gold represents money, and you're like, it's just got me held down. And don't you want to just flip it? I mean, like, like Nacho, don't you want to just flip it and say, oh, yeah. Now, I'll show you a thing or two. Now, who's your daddy, all right? Yeah, I'll tell you what the, for now. So often, my prayers are like that. They're prayers of control. I want to control the situation. Write, write this down. Submission, submission, so surrendering my life, submitting my life, submission is exchanging earthly control for heaven's control. It's exchanging earthly control. Oh, God, I got a Help me to get control of that situation. Help me to get control of that. Help me to do this. This is really a prayer of power. It's exchanging it for, for, heaven's power and heaven's control. See the other ten. I invite the worship team to come. the The other ten disciples, as we read earlier, they overheard this and they got really, really ticked off. And Jesus, so he he calls them to, together because what the what the their other ten are they overhear this. The other ten are in this moment are like, wait a second. They're going to get control. They're going to get power. We're going to get left out. So they're running to Jesus, and they are, they're not upset because those guys are full of pride and pompous and whatever. No, they, they want their piece of the pie. They want power. They want control. And so Jesus says, okay, sit down. <laughs> Let me explain to you what power and control look like when you follow me. Okay, so if you're not a follower of Jesus... And you wonder, what is it like to follow Jesus? What, Brad, am I signing up for? Listen to the words of Jesus. You know that the rulers in this world, they lord it over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Like we don't see that today. But among you, it will be different. Come on, turn to somebody and say, it's got to be different. It's got to be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you, you must become the slave. For even the Son of Man, Jesus referring to himself, came not to be served but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you follow me, you got to live differently. If you follow me, you're signing up to serve. You're, you're, You're signing up for heavenly things you're signing up for the reward of heaven and, and on this earth it's you're going you're giving up everything for me so if you want to follow Jesus you got to say am I willing am I willing to give up everything am I or am I just Jesus didn't die so we could attend church but that's what we do come on be honest how boring is that I'm not saying church is boring, because I don't think it is. I think coming in here and worshiping together is one of the greatest things ever. But if all following Jesus is is going to church on Sunday, woo, count me out. No, he says, no, my my call, the way I want you to do is to serve, is to serve the world. Praying this way, all right, God, how do you want me to serve my kids? How do you want me to serve my parents? God, how do you want me to help my boss? God, how can I love those that I work with? How can I, how, how can I help that person that's just driving me crazy? This is what I love about the people of Core Church because this is who we are. In 2020, just watching you in the ways in which you serve. I, I, I love the celebration Sunday that we just came through and the video we had that showed all the different ways you're serving. It's just it's so moving to me to see that you're going into, like Stephanie, you're going into the prisons and it's just so moving. I mean, you just, lay, you just, you just forget me. You inspire us. It's so inspiring The way you live your life. We, we, we want to follow you as you follow Christ. And we just see, all, I could name person, I could go all over this room and talk about the different ways in which you've served in 2020 and the difference that you've made in, in, in groceries. Man, the Duntley's sitting right here, like he came and very first time we did groceries right out here in the parking lot. And you said, on a Saturday, I could probably be doing other things, but let's get some food into people's hands. That's serving. That's 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 living for heaven's reward and saying, I I don't care what it costs me on this earth. I don't care time, talent, I don't care whatever it costs me. That's what I'm going to do. I, I think of uh, uh, Tammy Slaymaker. Some of you know Tammy. She's a leader in our church. And at Christmas, I challenged you guys to bake something and or or make something and take it to your neighbors and love on them. She took it to a whole nother level. She baked like 30 pies and took them to her neighbors. Look at this, she took took all these pies, delivered them to, uh, man, don't you wish you lived in her neighborhood? Can you imagine that? Like the time and the money and what it takes during the Christmas season to do something like that. I know for me personally, I was struggling just to get the card next door. That's just true. I mean, I said, Laura, are we going to do it today? Let's do it Thursday. Okay, Thursday, oh, we can't do it. Let's do it Saturday. Oh, we can't do it. And I said, we we got to get this stuff out. here she's baking 30 pies. Man, that's because submission is exchanging my mission for his mission. What would happen? Imagine the impact. Imagine what God could do through you if you began to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth through me as it is in heaven.